Thank you so much for being here. I can't believe that we're all in the little theater. That means that there are a lot of you. So, whew. Anyway, um, I'm probably going to be back and forth a little bit, but mainly here. Um, Dawn is passing out all of my slides. I went ahead and made copies for you guys. You could have them to take notes on or throw them away or whatever you need to do. I also have business cards at the end if anybody needs anything. My email information, um, cell phone number is also on the PowerPoint slide as well. So, super excited. Thank you, Don, for the introduction. I have known Don for probably my entire kids ministry years back here in Ohio, probably about 10, 11 years. Um, and I'm thankful that each of you are here today, and we're just going to jump right in. Um, first of all, are there things that you guys are thinking, how, what can I do in kids' ministry to make kids' church services or kids' ministry in general, like, how can I take it to the next level? Are there any questions that you are thinking of that you would like these answered? Awesome. Great. Super. I'm going to just jump in. Um, so, taking your kids' church services to the next level. Bottom line, more than anything else, you need... Are there... Ex not enough? Oof. Okay. Sorry. Anybody need extra? I can email it to you guys if you want to give me your email. The first book I'd like to share is called Leading from Your Strengths, and it is um, basically building close-knit ministry teams, and one of the key things to build your kids' ministry is to have an amazing team. How many of you would agree? Yeah, definitely. You need... You need solid foundational teams in your kids' ministry, and I think that's one of the key things that is going to help your kids' ministry grow. Um, so we've got building close ministry teams. We also need to understand our, our team's strengths and learn to blend your differences into a strong, effective ministry team. Um, there are a couple books that I would like to also share I'm new at this thing right here, so sorry if it's, like, being weird. Okay. So in your... If you'll flip to the second page of that, there is um, a leadership style indicator. And it's the second and third pages. This is key. If you guys would like to take this with your team, um, it's a PDF that you can um, download as well. And... This is one of the fun things that you can do. And this book right here emphasizes that, as well as there are some... I've got The Treasure Tree and The Two Trails. These are kids' books. You can use these with your families, with your kids' ministry, with your teams. These are really, really effective um, team-building books. How many of you have heard of like personality tests like the DISC? Or the color test, or the one. This my favorite is the golden retriever, the lion, 
the otter and the beaver. So I am beaver, golden retriever, minimal lion, and a little bit of otter. So they're kind of up there. So golden retriever is the compassionate, showing mercy. Beaver is um, everything in order. I know how much everything, how many inches it is here, but whatever. So the, the beaver is very organized, very detail-oriented. So it is key for you to know your team members to be a part of that, to, be, to know who they are. For example, Pastor Becky is a lion otter. I am beaver golden retriever. Therefore, your lion otter beaver golden retriever work well together because they're the opposites. And so um, previous team members I've had, I've had strong lion people. I've had strong golden retriever people. I've had people surrounding me that are in better strength of those things than I am. So that's key. I just wanted to give you that resource. Um, another book that I'm really going to be mainly using is 100 Best Ideas to Turbocharge Your Kids Ministry. And this is a phenomenal book. I have this at the end of your um, slides as well. Um, I actually took it to Kinko's. I'm, I'm one that doesn't like to just open a book like this. So I took it to Kinko's and had them cut it off and bind it and put a clear cover on it. So so you can flip it back if that's anything that you guys like. It's like maybe $8. Not a big deal. So anyway, so that's why I can put that back. Just a little tip. Shows my beaverness. <laughs> so... So I'm going to be taking it from chapter 15 in this book. Communication is key. Bottom line, as far as a strong, strong team, you need to have communication. And how many of you would agree that communication is vital? I mean, you have to communicate your vision. Um, Vision brings growth. When you communicate your vision, it brings growth to your team, it brings growth to your ministry, um, it brings growth to your church, and that is key. Vision also brings leaders. Um, instead of the pastor making this huge announcement on Sunday morning, hey, we need you know kids workers to work in the nursery. Well, okay, that's okay, but it's more important to have a one-on-one conversation with them. It's really to bring them alongside, hey, can we go grab coffee? Can, we, can I share you, with you about ministry? Can I share with you my heart for ministry, my passion for ministry? If they hear your heart, they're going to be involved and they're going to want to get involved in your ministry. Um, vision also brings life. I mean, that's just, it's, it does. It brings life. It's, it's exciting. Um... Vision brings finances as well, which is exciting because oftentimes you'll need somebody to bring for donations or maybe donate to your kids' ministry or kids' fund so that you can get and do the things that you want to do on an outreach event. And then bottom line, vision changes lives. Um, If you don't keep pursuing that vision, it's just going to die. There's a verse in the Bible that says, without the vision, the people perish. And... So you need to keep 
your vision in front of your team, in front of your church, in front of your kids even. Um, the next one, communication is key. Secondly, in regard to communicating to your team with your team members, maintain frequent two-way conversation, two-way communication. Never, ever stop training. It's very key that you have training sessions, have people come in. Like Don was saying, I am kids ministry consultant. I'll be more than happy to come in and do a training. I know Pastor Becky would as well. Um, I'll be more than happy. So never stop training your team. Prove your love. How do you love them? How do you show your team members that you love them? Cast your vision, maintain personal contact. More than just on a Sunday morning, call them up on the phone and say, hey, you know what, I saw that your son was sick. Or Facebook them, hey, are you doing okay? I noticed that your husband was having a little trouble with his job or, you know, whatever. Um, It's really important that you maintain personal contact, which also proves your love for them. Bottom line, pray. I mean, you pray for your team members. You pray for your, your, your team. Bottom line, you pray for those that you're surrounding yourself with. Um, uh, where is my chapter 9? Sorry. Chapter 9? <laughs> Here we go. Um, where is it? Sorry. 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 <laughs> I'm sorry. I have zero papers left. So I can actually, can I grab you at the end and I can give you, I'll send it to you by email? Okay. Sorry. Um, Some of the questions that um, you have to ask yourself are, am I contributing or conforming? Am I passionate or passive? Am I motivating or maintaining? I want to be contributing and I want your team members to be contributing to you and, and to your team ministry as well. Um, passionate and passive. How many of you would think that you're more passionate about your ministry than passive? Yeah. Awesome. We need to have a passionate, like, fervor for kids' ministry. And when, when we do, that's going to show in our leadership, in our team, in the team that surrounds themselves to you. Um, I love to dream, and I love to dream big. Um, I love to dream with one-on-one with another person that maybe we're just, hey, can we brainstorm about this? Um, brainstorming with a team is always really important, too. So that's one of the other ways to keep building your kids' ministry, kids' ministry services. Um, and then, you know, sometimes when you have your cell phone... Right, and you forget to charge overnight, and you're like, ah, we need to recharge. Sometimes we just need to take a step back and just recharge a bit and make sure that we're duplicating ourselves and having people come alongside of us. And maybe they're the ones that are going to teach the lesson on Sunday morning, and you step back. So we need to make sure that we have some time to recharge and to, re- to renew. Um, 
read, read, read. There are tons of kids' ministry books out there. I have a couple here that I love to read. Um, Building Children's Ministry. This is just a practical guide. It's a great book. And then another one, The Best Hour of the Kids Week, of Your Kids Week. This is another one. I um, actually have this one listed in the back. So, um, so always building yourself up. Getting team, your team books is really another way to um, have your kids' ministry grow. And always evaluate. Take a step back. Maybe you do a, a four-week or five-week um, lesson or session and you're just like, hmm, I just didn't really go so well. Evaluate. Call your team members in and maybe some of my key fifth and sixth graders, I would always have them say, you know, what was, what was good? What could we do better? Those were some things that we really worked with um, at my previous church, and we just loved it. We just worked well together, and we always were evaluating, how can we make this better? And if that's the case, sometimes you do need to change, and you need to be willing to change. It's really hard to change. (laughs) And um, especially if you've done things the same way, the same way. But guess what? Our kids are changing. This is 2015, and everything is so electronically motivated. Um, Everything's so driven by electronics. And I would always have my kids drop their electronics in an electronic box when they came to kids' church. But then I think, well, this is the age they're living in, but yet... It's in one hour, and I want them to actually know where something is in the Bible. And I think that's important, too. So it's whatever works for your kids and for your ministry. And if dropping the electronics off works, great. And if it doesn't, maybe you can have them look it up on the Bible, on the Bible app or something. I got it. Sword drills. My iPad's on top of my head. (laughs) One click. Okay, I got it. And network, 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 which is what we're doing here today. And it's very key that we are networking with other ministers, with other um, leaders. I would even say branch out and go beyond the Assemblies of God. Um, I have a ministry that um, a group of us that would meet, and they were Presbyterian, Methodist, um, I think we had a couple Baptists. Um, Church of Christ. But here's the deal. Do you love kids? Do you want to see kids grow, grow towards Jesus and to know him and disciple them? Yes. So put your denominational differences away and cross those boundaries. And it's okay to talk to another denomination and just kind of bounce things off of them. You know, what are you doing for your kids' church? Maybe they just do Sunday school and have a story hour or whatever, but maybe you could implement some of your, what you're doing in your services to them as well. Um, This is one of my favorite quotes. Bob Thomas on Walt Disney. It was the first entertainment that Walt Disney had ever designed expressly for children, but we're not going to talk down to the kids. Let's aim for the 12-year-old. The younger ones will watch. They'll want to see what the older brothers and sisters are looking at. And oftentimes... In kids' church, we think, oh, the kindergartners and first graders are not going to get it. So we're going to aim towards them instead of the ones that are the big brothers and sisters who are going to lead the way and to show them a better way. So what are your ages? Are you mainly like first to fifth? What are you? 
First to fifth. Um, anybody K to six? Summer pre-K to six? Okay. So rather than aiming for the three or four-year-old, it's... And that's such a huge jump, 3 to 12, right? I mean, that is a very big jump. Um, but it's still really important to aim for those older ones because the little ones will follow. Um, this book, um, yeah, it says, too, to really just target the oldest boy in the group. Why boy? Right? They are going to be a leader. Those little, those little five-year-old boys are going to look up to those 12-year-old boys like, oh, and they want to be like him. So target the oldest boy in the group. As much as you probably don't want to, <laughs> because they're probably sass mouth and, you know, they just are maybe a little disrespectful sometimes, but target the oldest boy in the group. Um, where's my board? Um, choose music that's going to appeal to the oldest kids in the group. Don't do little nursery rhyme kind of music. You're going to have some jumpy, fun, upbeat music um, to target. How many of you have like uh, announcement videos, things like that, that you maybe have like weekly videos that are shown? If you do... Maybe you would target the older, the older kids in the graphics or the videos. Um, in addition, maybe they're the ones that are the ones up emceeing your service. That is always key. And really, they've seen you do it enough. They know how to do that. You know, they, whether it's right or wrong, I mean, they are going to mimic you. They will mimic you. How many of you have like a praise and worship team, not necessarily a live band, or maybe you do have a live band, and maybe um, you have fourth, fifth, and sixth graders on your praise and worship team? Anybody? No? Yeah. So that would be a really an, another way to aim high. That's just we're aiming high for the oldest kids on the praise and worship team. Um, use clips from movies that upper elementary kids think are cool, you know, instead of um, Tom and Jerry or Nickelodeon, or even some of the Disney stuff, aim for a little higher. I mean, obviously you want to make it appropriate and use clips that are going to be appropriate. Um, oh, awesome. Sorry. <laughs> it's going backwards. So this next slide, it talks about the first eight minutes. Um, and, oh my goodness. Sorry. Here we go. The first eight minutes are key. Oh, sorry. Here we go. Okay, here's the scenario. Parking lot's full. The family is wondering if they will ever find a place to park. Suddenly, they see empty parking spaces right up front. The spaces are for first-time guests. They feel relieved and valued. How many of you have first-time guest parking places at your church? Awesome. Um, some ideas. Um, this is not right. Sorry. Here we go. 
reserve and mark front spaces for guests. So there is seven minutes. Seven minutes and ticking. The family is walking up to the building. The entrances are clearly marked and it's obvious where to enter. They're glad they don't have to feel like contestants on a game show picking a mystery door. Sometimes they're like, oh my goodness, where do I go? Um, is it is it door A, B, C? Some doors are marked like that at churches. They've got an outside entrance depending on what they've got going. Um, six minutes and ticking. The family just walked inside. They are welcomed by friendly greeters who are waiting at the entrance. The greeters immediately assist the family and show them where to go. This helps relieve some of the family's anxieties. They were wondering if anyone would speak to them or acknowledge their presence. So um, one of the key things, too, just have, have even kids standing at the door greeting their family and other kids, too. Now the next one. Go. There we go. Five minutes in ticking. Have a check-in area. How many of you are in a mid to large size church where you have a check-in? Maybe it's not mid to mid to large. Okay. So how many of you would say you have a like a computerized check-in? Good. Um, how many of you have like paper and pencil, like Excel spreadsheet? Good. Okay. Do your parents have to sign in the kids or is it just a check off of, Oh, so-and-so came Donnie's here. Susie's here. More like that. Okay. Um, regardless when first time families come, it's very important to have a place designated for them to know where to go. Um, I did not have a separate place for guests. However, I think it would be really, really beneficial to have a separate place for guests to come. Mom and dad could get some information about the kids' ministry. Um, And then three minutes in ticking. um, The host escorts the family to the children's area. Greeters welcome the kids and parents. The kids are immediately paired with other kids who are waiting to to, uh, make them feel welcome. When kids always came to um, kids' ministry where I was at, we would always have a buddy ready to go, whether they were a kindergartner or a second grader or a fifth grader. We would always have somebody buddy with them. And, you know, because it's always really scary for kids to come into a place where they don't know and they're the first ones there and they don't really understand, ah, I'm leaving. Are you going to come back and get me, Mom and Dad? You know, obviously those are yes questions. But, um, Always have a buddy. It's one that's worked really, really well in ministry. Um, next, why? Sorry, this is not supposed to go backwards. <laughs> so now you're up to thirty seconds. You're like, oh my goodness! So thirty seconds. Next, what's next? The parents are escorted by the host to the worship area. They're met by greeters who welcome them and help them find a seat. Not only do parents need to know that their kids are safe, after they drop their kids off, it's like, then what? And I think it's really important that we have, even a child, a sixth grader could walk those parents back down to the main worship area and say, here you go, your kids are going to be fine, and just reassure the parents that everything's going to be okay. And then time's up, and service is ready to go. The next thing I want to talk about is um, 
a little bit about the flow of the service, and that is maybe where some of you, how many of you have like a worship time in the main auditorium before your kids are dismissed? Okay. Um, What about have their own? Or if you have both, maybe you have worship with the adults and then there's a dismissal and then you still do some kids worship. Okay. Awesome. Um, What I found at the previous church I was at, we... Let's see. How did we work it? It was, we were all together, and the kids would all sit, like, in three rows with me. They would draw on offering envelopes. They really wouldn't engage in worship. And it was just kind of, it was not good. And so... At that point, I approached the pastor. I'm like, is there any way we can, you know, bring the kids upstairs and do our own worship time? Because I think it's really important for kids to have their own way to worship, their own energy. Sometimes the adult, like, they would feel maybe, or the kids would feel a little bit like not doing the motions in the adult service or maybe a little bit embarrassed. So if they're in their own place, they can have a time just to worship. Um, For those of you who do have kids in worship, um... That's important, too, just to have your adults m- mentoring them. And oftentimes, parents are like, ah, I can't even worship. This is the time that I re- this is for me and my time to worship. But at the same time, <laughs> your kids are watching you and worshiping how you are. Um, so, so pre-service activities would be like 15 minutes, maybe 10, let's say your service starts at 10. So 9.45, you open your room up and you have some foosball going on and some fun games and some activities, Legos, Play-Doh, whatever else is going on, just so they can kind of get acclimated, some fun, high-energy music. And then um, five minutes till service countdown. We always had a countdown timer, and it just would run, like five minutes till, and they knew when it got to the zero, they were supposed to be ready to go with worship. And then we would do like a quick welcome, welcome to anybody that was new. Um, I tried not to embarrass them and say, you know, hey, look at Johnny over here. Everybody say hey to Johnny. <laughs> um, because kids just feel really embarrassed sometimes. Um, then to have a couple high-energy songs, just fun, high-energy, high-motion movement, just get their wiggles out a little bit. And then um, an opening, an opener for like two or three minutes. And then a game time. It was always wrapped around um, something we were going to do the lesson. The curriculum that I used always had a game with it, so we would always try to do that in addition to some of the other fun games that we would do. Um, Kids like transitions, really, really fast transitions, moving from one thing to the next. Their minds aren't going to sit for a 30-minute time slot. And, like, sometimes us, like, even me, like, I'm sitting and I'm, like, counting the lights because, uh, yeah. So I hope you're not counting lights. So after that, then you could go into a skit or a puppet skit or a real-life character skit. And then a 10 to 15-minute lesson. And what I would do with a lesson, I would have two to three points, and maybe I would have um, one of my younger student leaders come up and teach point two. And I would do point one, they would do point two, and then I would do point three. That's another way to bring and mentor those younger students up. And I think it's really important for them to feel that, oh, 
these guys are listening to me, and I have something to offer. Now, don't just spring it on them like Sunday morning. I would go ahead and you can email it to them or email it to their mom or dad or family member and or give it to them the Sunday before if you're organized like the beavers of the room, okay? And then some days we would have small groups and some days we wouldn't. Um, Depending on how long the pastor went or if our service is an hour 15, I would say by 11 o'clock, from 10 to 11, you've got all this going on. And by 11 o'clock, you can break off into your small groups and really would have some questions kind of to target what what our lesson was about, what was the key memory verse, um, what did you learn from the game we did, what what about the puppet skit, what did you learn from the main character of the puppet skit or the skit. Um... And then transitioning back into large group while we're waiting on mom and dad or family member to come get you. And then the closing, the host would come in and do a wrap-up of, hey, guys, here's our big idea, here's what we learned today, and here's the memory verse. What's one thing you're going to do this week that relates to the lesson we did? And so we had, a, I don't know, four or five kids would be able to come up to the microphone and say, I'm going to try this, and would just spark some ideas with the others. What's my time. Um, and then the dismissal. So for our dismissal, what we did, we actually had parents come and check them out. We walkie-talkied back, and we got the kid to come out, got their candy, and then they exited. So um, again, this is what worked for us, and you can take and pick and choose some of the things um, or not. So it's one of those things. Um, how many of you would say that you have a guest every other week? Okay. What about every week? Once a month. All right. Um, the key thing for us, too, is the return of the guests. In, in, in addition to making your Sunday morning kids ministry program, it's you want to target the guests. You want to make them feel welcome. Um, Make sure that they have a great first-time experience. Now, um, I always I made these popcorn bags. This is something you could do. It was just a you know the microwavable popcorn. You can put thanks for popping in, make a little sticker, and put that in a bag with a bookmark, a pencil, and some candy, and that's your guest bag. Um, you can have a volunteer pre-make, pre-make those up for you. That was really a fun thing for me to offer out and to delegate out. I'm not a really good delegator. So part of the thing is to be able to find things to delegate out to. You have somebody else write your birthday cards out, but yet you could be still be the one that signs them. You can delegate so many things out. So the return of the guests, make sure they have a great first time experience. Follow up. Um, postcard in the mail. I, every Tuesday, Monday was my day off, every Tuesday, get those postcards out. There's nothing more than a kid would like something, a piece of mail with their name on it. And their mom, their dad, grandma, whoever sees that, and they're like, they get so much joy as the parent, as the adults, thinking that their kid is special, that that the kid's pastor has sent them um, a card in the mail. Um, Another thing you could do is email the parents and have them take a survey. You know, like... What was something that you really enjoyed or uh, this really made you feel uncomfortable? And maybe they wouldn't 
want to write that down for you, but sometimes they do. I'm trying to find this. Um, here's something in the book. It says, um, which service did you attend? Were you greeted with a smile? Were you personally walked to your child's age specific environment? Um, were the room leaders who greeted you friendly? Did they answer any questions you had? Um, some of these are a little bit and I don't know. I don't know that I would want to send all of these questions, but maybe pick out a few. And, um, did your child have fun? What did they tell you what the service was about today? Um, so those are key. Send a handwritten note to the child. And even make a brief phone call to the family. Hey, how was your experience? Even if you left a voicemail or just to let them know that you were thinking of them. And looking for just different ways to connect. Um, each new child that walks through your doors is valuable and they're important. And they need to know that. Um, God sent them to you. And oftentimes, maybe they're not the best kid, not the best behaved kid. But you know what? You can make an impact and a difference in their lives. God sent them to you. Open up your arms. Let them feel that God. Let them feel God's love through you. Um, and another thing of how to connect with a kid. What's in a name? Um, Hey, you in the blue and white checkered shirt. I mean, did that sound cool? No. It's, hey, Troy, how's it going? I'm so, your, your beard is really cool and your hair is cool, right? So, whatever. <laughs> and Jennifer's like, no, it's not. <laughs> no, but it is, it means something to a child when you say their name. Um, find some way to connect their name with Oh, he's got, he likes to play basketball, and he has a basketball shirt on, and his name is Barry. B starts with B, Barry, basketball. Like, somehow, that's how I think, that's how, and not everyone thinks like that, but that's how I do that. Right now, I'm substitute teaching, and one of the first things I do when I walk into a classroom um, besides have them ask me, can I please call you Miss, Ins- Miss I? And I'm like, no, my name is Miss Inskeep. It's Miss Inskeep. You can say that. Anyway, I learned every kid's name the first 20 minutes of school because it's really, really important. And it might be a class of 20. It might be a class of 30. But it's important to that child that you know their name. Um, names are powerful. Um, In addition to their own names, the names of your classrooms, the names of your environments. How many of you call them kids service? Kids environment, kids experience. There's all kinds of things that you could call it. Um, Oftentimes, I would say classroom, but I'm learning now that they have a classroom at school, and maybe they don't want to be going to their classroom at church. And so maybe we call it a service or an experience where they have a kid's experience. Um, and one of the other favorite things that I learned in this book, um, fish. F is for family. Ask the kids about their mom or their dad or their grandma or their grandpa, their brothers and sisters. I, find out about their interests. 
what they like to do. Skateboarding, swimming, reading, Minecraft, whatever, like video games. S, school. Find out about their school. What do they do, like to do at school? What's your favorite subject besides lunch and PE and recess? <laughs> you know, like, what, just try to connect with them. And H, um, find out about their favorite hero. Who's your favorite sports star? Your basketball player. You know, maybe it's a, somebody, a, who's your favorite superhero? Those kinds of things are ways to connect and also a way to remember their name as well. Um, and back to team. I mean, I cannot stress that enough, guys. It's so important that you trust your team. Um, <laughs> share your shoes. So not necessarily your physical shoes, but your shoes as the kids' pastor. Um, bring somebody alongside of you. We'll have them walk. How do, you, how do you even plan a lesson? Have them walk with you through that. Um, identify what only you can do. And this is one of the things that many people have trouble with, is delegating. I can only do this, this, and this, and I'm going to delegate this and the other 17 things that I know someone else could do better. And that is when you need to identify people in your team who can do things better than you. And that's okay. <laughs> you need to surround yourself with people who are not better than you, as in prideful, but do things better than you. And maybe they're a younger generation, and a lot of the younger generation can do things way better than I could. Delegate your weaknesses. It's okay to fail. We'll just pick it up and we'll fix it and we'll make a change and we'll keep going. And get out of the way. <laughs> it's really hard when you want things to go a certain way and a certain, like you have it, this vision in your mind of how things are supposed to go. It's okay if they don't go that way. And then the last one, I'm going to have some, is huddle up with your team. Fellowship with them. Celebrate with them, encourage them, train them, and challenge them. And that's what, honestly, it's what makes a great kids service. It's what makes a great kids ministry. Um, building yourself, building your, yourself around a team, and inspiring them. And prayer. So I'm going to open this up for any questions. Does anybody have any questions that I could answer? Or if I can't answer, I will write them down and we can get the answer to you. We have a few minutes left. Yeah. This book you referenced right here, is it one of those books planned up here? It's the, I think it's the best hour. Yeah, it's this one. Okay. Yep. This is this one, and I think this one. Oh, yeah, this one. Yep. So these two are the two that I referenced actually in your packet. Actually, I got this at, um, I found it on Amazon. And these are probably group or GPH. If you just search. 
Amazon, yeah, Amazon. Pastor Becky. Also with the, the best, the 100 best ideas. Uh huh. They also have it for preschool as well. Nice. And I only hit a few of these ideas on here. There's so many good things in here. Um, and I just interjected things that worked for me and in my ministry. Um, again, what works for me may not work for you. So, and that's okay. <laughs> Any other questions? Yes, ma'am. This is, it's called 100 Best Ideas to Turbo Change Your Children's Ministry. Yeah, at Amazon. I got it at Amazon. Yep. Anything else? Christian bookstores. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know that these... The treasure tree and the treasure, the two trails, I found them at like Lifeway or family Christian bookstores. Um, this is great for even families to go through. This is a great gift to give as a birthday present or if you're looking for gifts to give to kids in your ministry and you have the finances or maybe somebody could donate 20 bucks. You know, this is something really good. Maybe it's something you can have in your church library or in your kids, you know, kids' room. Um, it's also good to know whether your kid's a lion, whether your kid's a golden retriever, whether the kids in your ministry are more otter, like so they like to play a lot of games. So those are all really important things to do. And this could be something that you could do as, as a kid's ministry. Um, do tests like that. Anything else? Amazon or Christian bookstores. Yep. Uh huh. Yeah. Question. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right. 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 I have, I can send, I have, um, the question was, um, what do you do? Sometimes the host would just say, here's, here's Johnny and these are his parents. We hope you have a good time and just walk away whether, and not really learning about allergies or maybe there's a special need there. Maybe, maybe he just, you know, needs to have something in his pockets and visit fidgets all the time. Or maybe there's some, there's another kind of need there. Um, we had a postcard that I had made up and just, it was, parent name, parent information, cell phone number where we can contact you during the service if needed, um, special needs or medical attention. Um, and then on the back, it had first child, second child, third child. That way you can fill out one form and you have all their information. And yeah, I can send it, send that out there if you need. Yeah, yeah. Is there a number? Can you? I would, 
the question was, she has a lot of van kids that come in, and so how do you get information from from those van children? Um, I would suggest sending the form home and say, if you bring it back, you get a prize out of the prize bucket, or you get something like that. And does anybody have a van situation, Carl? That's true. Yep. Or a clipboard and, hey guys, take this to mom and bring it right back to me, like while you're just sitting there. Legally, they need to have that to transport them, correct? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. Yes. We have that in a three ring binder. And like, I can't ride the van without it. And then the van driver always has. Three ring binder. The van rider has that information always back and forth. Anything else? Thanks, guys, for coming. Yay. Yay. Thank you. Thanks.